So let me ask you a question. What is the best or most memorable party you have ever been to? I can still remember I had twin friends named uh, the, the Conroe Boys. And uh, they had this giant birthday party because there's two of them, and they both got to invite a certain amount. Now, I don't want to brag. I'm pretty sure I got invited by both of them. I made both their lists. But it was pretty fancy because the small town of Greenville that I grew up in, um, you know, people sometimes tell me that Kokomo is a small town. And I'm like, N- no, no. I, for us back in the day, the fancy restaurant options were uh, Big Boy or KFC Buffet. So don't at me, okay? I would love some more things myself, but it's not a small town. But so we got to take this party, uh, and we went out to this more like kind of affluent area, more like a Westfield. Uh, and we got to go into this amazing sort of gymnastics gym area where we got it for like two hours, and there's trampolines, there's like the, the ball, like foam pit things where you can like do flips. None of us could do anything cool, but it was amazing. Ate a lot of pizza, and then that night we uh, spent the night at their house. There was a bonfire. We pranked called people, of course. Played a lot of Nintendo 64 Goldeneye. Anyone? Eh? And it was amazing. It was one of my favorite birthday parties I ever remember attending. So here's what I want us to do as we begin this morning. I want us to think about just the funness of parties. And so, uh, so hopefully you got the chance to get to know people a little bit better, maybe talk about some parties or things you've been to, maybe some funny moments. I heard a lot of laughter, which I love. And, uh, man, sorry, I'm still having a moment with my donut that I was just really happy about. It was so good. The cake with the chocolate frosting, and then there's red sprinkles on top. It just feels more festive. But I was really excited. So you got to talk about fun things that happen at parties, hopefully. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever not been invited to something great? Has there ever been a party, a, a, a group outing, a trip, um, something after work, where you didn't get invited. What a terrible feeling. Some of you are like, why did you make me really happy and now really sad? I'm going to have to go get some more casserole to soothe my soul. But we all know what that's like, right? We know what it's like to hear everyone come back from the weekend and talk about the cool thing that happened. And the thing that's interesting is that it happened when we were in elementary school, in junior high, in high school, in, in our, our college 20s times. It still happens even today. It happens uh, through work, and it happens even sometimes in church communities. It's a terrible feeling, isn't it? The terrible feeling when you feel like you are the person who is kind of the outsider on the outskirts. One of my favorite things about Jesus is the way that he really radically broke down barriers and would find those people who oftentimes would not be invited to something and bring them along. In the Gospel of Luke, there's this story about this man named Zacchaeus. Now, if you grew up in church at all in the last 50 years, you are already singing a song inside of your head about Zacchaeus who was... He little man was he, uh-uh, he climbed up to. To everybody who did not grow up in church, I apologize right now because you're like, y'all, you crazy. It's true. So there's this song that we'd grow up singing about this, this, this man named Zacchaeus, and, and the song really focuses about the idea that he's short. And so I want to read the story to you real quick about 
uh, Zacchaeus, and I want you to hear uh, just a little bit uh, of his story. So in, to set the stage, Zacchaeus was a, not only was he a short guy, but he was a tax collector. And in that culture, tax collectors, um, I mean, we in our culture, we don't really like hate on lawyers, but there's a lot of like lawyer jokes that are not really great, right? So uh, tax collectors were, were kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. They weren't trusted, and in some ways for good reason. They typically were pretty stingy. They uh, oftentimes would tax people but take extra uh, and were very corrupt. And so as we think about this story for a minute, Zacchaeus, I'm going to assume, is a person who probably not even his mother enjoyed being around. Uh, he was probably a person that would be almost like the Grinch, where when you saw him coming, you're like, ah, not Zacchaeus. Um, although you probably would have made short jokes about like, oh, I don't see him here. Anyways, this is the story from Luke chapter 19. Thank you for the four people who thought that was funny. It just says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see to see him, and since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him in gladly. But Zacchaeus stood up. Or, uh, all the people there saw this, and they began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said this. He said, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, who is the son of Abraham, uh, for the son of man came not to, uh, came to seek and to save the lost. I love the verbiage if we go back for just a second. It says this, Zacchaeus, who was this outcast, who was this corrupt man, who was probably not invited to very many tables other than if people thought they could maybe do a dine and dash and stick him with the bill because they knew he had a lot of money. But it said this, it said, he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because of the crowd, he couldn't see. As I was reading that story this week, it made me wonder, are there moments in my life where there are people who I have pushed to the margins, people who I don't want to be around, people who honestly, if I'm real, probably I don't think they always deserve the same relationship that I have with Jesus. I wonder if there's times where people are looking to see Jesus, but they can't because I have gotten in their way. And they are desperately seeking to climb on top of a sycamore tree just to see who he is and what he is like. You know, it's amazing though in this story that, that, that Jesus is called out by all the religious leaders and they're like, can you believe this guy would sit with those people? And I love the fact that Jesus makes it clear what his mission was. He came to seek and to save the lost. He didn't come just to hang out with uh, the religious leaders of the day. He didn't come to sit around with just people who look just like him, but he came for all people. That is the audacity, that is the controversialness, that is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is that every single one of us, 
Every single one of us, regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our past, we are invited to the table. It doesn't matter uh, what our past was, our present was, or the trajectory of our future. Every single one of us are invited to the table. And that's really pretty amazing news. Now, there's another story in the Gospel of Luke in which Jesus calls this man named Levi, who is a tax collector. And uh, Levi is just sitting at his tax collecting booth. He's another guy who people wouldn't have wanted to be around. And he just all of a sudden uh, is approached by Jesus, and Jesus just says, follow me. And Scripture says that uh, immediately, uh, immediately that he comes to follow him, that Levi comes and he follows him. And it's interesting because then Levi, who would have been this wealthy man also, he holds this great banquet at Jesus, uh, for Jesus at his house. And there's this large crowd of other tax collectors and probably what other people would have said were unsavory people who came to this party. And, uh, and the people began to complain and they say, why do you eat with, with tax collectors and sinners? And, and Jesus in another way puts it this way. He says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Got me thinking of uh, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite stories, uh, uh, one of my favorite books is a book called Everybody Always, and it's by a man named Bob Goff. And he says these words. He says, I've spent my whole life avoiding the people that Jesus spent his whole life engaging. And he goes on and just says this, God's idea isn't that we would just give and receive love, but that we would actually become love. We'd actually become love. What I want you to be thinking about for a moment is on the table there are different, um, some of you have colorful ones, some of you have more plain card ones, uh, but everyone should have at the table a note card. And what I want us to be doing, what I want us to think about um, for a moment is this will be kind of on your own unless you want to do like a family unit talking about this a little bit. What I want you to do, I want you to think about is, is there a person in your life whom God has given you relationship, opportunity, influence, that you could invite them to the table. That you maybe could be the sycamore tree for them to climb up and to see. That they could be a person, and they don't have to be like a terrible person. And please, if you tell them that that person someday, don't tell them like, listen, my pastor told me to pick someone who's terrible and no one likes, and I wrote you down. So come to the table. That will not go well. But I, I guarantee... Every single one of us have people in our life who aren't involved in a church community, who aren't really connected with Jesus, or, or, or even if they say they are, there may not be any fruit in their life. It may be more of a cultural thing. Who I believe God has given us opportunity to pour into their lives. Because here at South Creek, we believe that everybody is invited to the table. We believe that regardless, again, of their past, of their current present, or even the trajectory of their future currently, that God sees immense worth and value in them. That Jesus came here, died on a cross, defeated death, rose again, so that they too could have new life, that they could find freedom in him. And the truth is, 
pretty much every single one of us, I guarantee someone helped invite us to the table. Someone at some point in our lives was the one who helped guide us to find the table of the Father. And so what I want you to do is um, the band in just a moment is going to play a song um, that probably is not familiar to many of you. It's called uh, At the Table, and it's by one of my favorite artists named Josh Garrels. And uh, it's not a song necessarily that you need to try to sing along with, um, but I'd love for you just to, to listen to the words, meditate on that, and maybe take a moment to just be prayerfully thinking about who is the person or persons or family that you believe God has given you opportunity to uh, invite to the table. So would you guys listen to this song and be thinking about songs because uh, I think all of us could understand, especially for any of us who um, have surrendered our life to Jesus, we, we understand the, the freedom in coming home. You know, there's the, the famous parable that Jesus talks about of the lost sons. And, you know, you can picture just the love of a father who has been constantly waiting for their child to just come home so they could embrace them again throw them a huge party. So what I want you to do with this card is just this. Um, whether it's, uh, maybe it's, maybe you have a bathroom mirror that you get ready at each morning and you tape it up there. And so every morning you're reminded to be praying for that person. Maybe it's using it as a bookmark in your Bible. So every time you get into God's word, it reminds you to be praying for that person. Um, maybe you put it by your nightstand, wherever it is. Um, you could put it on your car dashboard, uh, but don't probably put it where your speedometer is because the officer might not like that when you get pulled over for speeding. But um, whatever it is, make sure that you find a place to do that. And then just be doing this. Commit daily to pray for that person and commit to the opportunity to just say, God, when a moment comes up, even if it's inconvenient, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the phone call. I'm going to stay out talking to that neighbor. I'm going to maybe even have an uncomfortable conversation with someone, whatever it may be. Take the opportunity. Because at the end of the day, it's worth it, right? We understand that if Jesus' chief mission in this world was to come and to seek and save the lost, and if we know what it's like to be on the other end of that before, we know the goodness and the hope and the celebration that happened. And how cool would it be if in a month, two months, six months, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, that there may be people who we wrote on our card, who we began praying for, we began intentionally leveraging the relationship we had now with them. I mean, I, I look forward to the day where we get to see some of their baptisms happen, where we get to celebrate just the fact of what their lives were like, how marriages were saved, how families that were breaking apart were mended back together, how people went from uh, feeling alone and broken to feeling whole and a part of community. I think that would be pretty awesome. So uh, before uh, we are going to wrap up, I'm going to ask us to maybe do something maybe a little bit more uh, outside the box for some of you. What I'm going to ask us to do real quick is at each table, would you just take a, a, a few moments and have prayer together? Praying for whether if you want to you do the person by name. If your person's at your table, you might not want to put their name down or say their name out loud. Um, but just take a moment. You can decide as a table if you each want to pray or if you just want one person to pray. 
Um, but just to go ahead and pray with one another. Uh, and then when I see that it's kind of winded down, um, I'll close this out for good. So would you guys just take a, a few moments and maybe have prayer together at your tables?